Hello, this is Beth Maples Bays, and this is Lesbian Echoes, a podcast about older lesbians from America and beyond. We hope you enjoy our podcast and listening to the stories of lesbians worldwide. And today we have with us Sylvia Santos, who has so graciously offered to give us her time and share with us her experiences. Hello, Sylvia. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm terrific. Thank you. All right, then. Sylvia, could you? It's, it's not the best thing to ask a woman sometimes, but how old are you? Well, um, you know what? I don't have a problem with telling people my age. I think it's because I've done so much in my life that a week from today, I turned 68. Aha, 68. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a Leo. I'm a Leo, too. I just turned 69. Um, oh, did you? Happy yes. birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Are you, a, are you a true Leo? Um, oh, absolutely. Me too. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I weren't. Um, how old were you when you came out? You know, that's a funny question because I was in second grade when I knew that I liked girls. Okay. And I just thought, you know, I thought that all girls liked girls and that boys were like, like just leftover leftover humans walking around on earth right <laughs> and I remember being in love with the girl in second grade and I I was in love with her all through high school and um you know I the thing is that I came from a Hispanic family Catholic Hispanic family and we were told the only way you leave this house is dressed in white in the arm of a man Okay, so I figured I might as well get married because that's the only way I'm going to get out and I'm going to be on my own. So I did. I married, I married a man, was married to him for 22 years, and he recently passed away, and my children were devastated. But you know what? I was left with two of the best kids ever, and because of them, I have five grandsons, one granddaughter. And I have three great grandchildren. Well, how wonderful. It is wonderful. Yes. There's nothing like kids, there's nothing like family, nothing. So you came, there came a point when you did get into a lesbian relationship? I did. Um, I always knew, even though I was married to a man, I knew that I preferred women, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, just watching Jodie Foster, um, Diane Keaton, you know, the way that they dressed with the suits, it was like, oh, that's what I wanted. I wanted that so badly. And one day I went to what's known down in Hollywood as the girl bar. And that was my first time ever. And as a matter of fact, I even met Ellen DeGeneres at the girl bar. And so I knew I, once I walked in that girl bar, I knew that that was my place. That was my home. 
And so um, after I got divorced, I walked into the eye doctor for, of course, you know, an eye exam. And there in front of me was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. And um, as I'm talking to her, we're having a conversation. I could feel myself falling in love with her. I could feel myself falling through her eyes to the inside of her to see her soul. And I was with her for 22 years. Um, I've been separated from her for the last three. And so right now I am single, uh, very single. And um, I am talking to someone that I've recently met. We haven't, you know, we met online, but we haven't met in person. And hopefully that will happen soon. And we'll see, you know, where it goes from there. But um, I, I knew, like I tell you, I knew in second grade who I was to my family, to my kids. I came out to them when they were 14 and 19. So that's how they've known me. That's how they, that's how they identify with um, my grandkids. You know, when they're little, they're, they, don't, they don't know. But as they get older, you know, they, if they ask me, as a matter of fact, I have a grandson who is 23. He came out to me and to my to his father when he was 18. And I remember that it was such a joyful moment because he thanked me that because of me, he was able to come out because I came out to all of them. And, and you know what, and to me, Beth, that's what it's all about is I think my strongest message, and I don't know, am I getting ahead of myself here? Um, but no. No, you're fine. Just go. Thank you. <laughs> my strongest message to anybody who thinks that they might be, you know, lesbian or transgender or, you know, whatever it is that they are, that they think that they might be battling you need to come out because I think when we don't come out to people, I think that sends the message that we are ashamed of who we are. And I think that we need to embrace who we are. And whether you're in second, in second grade or whether you're 35 years old, you know, I think that if you come out to everybody bold and proud um, and embrace it, I think that sends one of the best messages to the world that we can ever, ever send. Well, it sounds like you've had quite a lifelong experience. Oh, yes. With yes. being a lesbian. And, and yes. then to think that you're the trailblazer for your grandson, that's just great. It really it's great. is. I love it. It touches my heart. And the thing is that, you know what, his, his brothers, his sisters, his cousins, um, they didn't even question, they embraced him too. You know, they just, he's part of the family and he will be treated as such and we all love him. Well, that's great. I, you know, my, my grandkids aren't old enough to come out yet, but they're getting there. If, if either one of them does, I only have two, 
But if either one does, I'll, I'll be right there with open arms. I don't. That's. I don't know about their parents, <laughs> but uh, my kids. Oh, my daughter couldn't be more different from me than if she tried. But you know what? You know what? I think that when we do have grandchildren who come out. I think the fact that it, it, if we are there for them and we embrace them and we support them and we're just as loud and proud as they are, you know what? Their parents will be also. Mi nieto es mexicano. Oh, is he really? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, he, he came to us from a, a little town about 25 miles from here. Um, his mother was up here working and um, the family was down in Mexico and um, she had a little side thing going on and he was the product and she <laughs> she didn't want her husband to know so we were fortunate that um, mi, mi nieto is ours. <laughs> good. Very that's a that's a that's a wonderful story. He's he's 14 now. And we got him when he was two days old. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So you've had him like his whole life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's he's a, a great kid. He really is. Okay. So you've been lesbian since the second grade, but you've been an adult for a long time, too. So what kind of work <laughs> have you done? Well, I was a teacher for 30 years. And I loved, loved my, my career. I was, I was the first Hispanic that that school district hired. And um, there, it was me and one other black lady and everybody else was Caucasian. And, there, and you know what? And it's like, that's been the story of my life. Everywhere I go, I'm always the shortest one, the oldest one, and usually the only Hispanic. <laughs> Everywhere I go, my father moved us into a middle class neighborhood. And when I walked in the door to school, um, everybody in that classroom had blonde hair and blue eyes, except for me. And that's just been the story of my life. Everywhere I go, Whatever it is that I do, I'm always the first Hispanic. So I was also the first Hispanic teacher of the year for that, for that school district. So I had a fantastic, fantastic career as a teacher. Um, when I, I retired in 2009, so it's been 12 years that I've been retired. And it was just the right time to go. Um, the school district offered something called the golden handshake and I just decided to take it because they gave me like extra credit, you know, for the 30 years. And um, so after I retired, I made myself a promise that I would never be the kind who looked back and regretted what I did. And so right after I retired, I started working for a company that reviewed books and so they would send me books through the mail or they would send me books through you know the, my kindle mm -hmm. and I would read the books and then I would write reviews publish the reviews to 
um, Amazon to Barnes and Noble to um, uh, YouTube. And um, in, in doing that, and I loved it because I was getting paid to read and to write, you know, the two things that I love the most. In doing that, a book came across to me that was in Spanish. And um, because I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, contact the, communicate with the actual company, they had me communicate with the publisher of that book. So anyway, you know, in the emails that were going back and forth, I happened to ask the, the name of the person, her name was Kathy, and I asked her if she was the owner of Green Frog Publishing, and she said yes. And I said, well, if somebody has an idea for a book, what can we do? And she said, well, send me your ideas. So I sent her my ideas. Within 20 minutes, um, she said she had researched the internet, had, hadn't found anything like it in the internet, and that she would like to talk contract. So I ended up signing a contract. I ended up writing three books, a children's series called the Foster Heroes series, which is about, you know, little kids going into foster care. And um, so from that, you know, I had to do a lot of research and to make sure that I got the language accurate. And um, we ended up publishing three books in English and in Spanish, and then a coloring journal book, like I said, you know, for little kids in foster care, so that they don't end up feeling like they're the only ones that are being, are being shifted from one house to another house to another house. And um, in doing the research, found out that there's over 425,000 kids in foster care. Oh my. And yeah, that, so anyway, you know, so my, my ex-partner and I decided that we were gonna look into it. We ended up applying for a foster child, you know, and I just thought, you know, if we could save the, the life of one little child, you know, we ended up getting matched to a little girl who was seven at the time. And as a matter of fact, today's her birthday. Today she turns 11. And so she now lives, because my partner and I split up, she lives with my ex-partner because my ex-partner had no kids, you know, and like I tell you, I've got two grown kids, um, five grandsons, one granddaughter, and three great-grandchildren. And, um, and it was just, it's just been one of the best experiences ever, you know, to be able to open not only your home to another child, but also to open your heart to a child. So it's just been a wonderful experience for the two of them, because I think that if my ex-partner had given birth to an actual child, um, that child wouldn't be as much like her as this one is. They're like, you know, two people with the same roots and the same thoughts. It's like my ex-partner and her mini, her mini self, you know? Well, that's a sweet story. I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad for her. Um, 
I was just wondering too if you in your in your life have had any relationship to the local LGBT community at all, or if the relationship you've had with the LGBT community has been mostly online. Um, you know what, years ago, because I lived in a town far away from LA and you know, Los Angeles has a huge, a huge LBGTQ community. Um, I was too far away to ever have anything to do. You know, like I would go to gay pride. I would meet some people. We would go to some of the events, um, you know, made friends, but never really involved heavily because we live so far away. Um, because I was working full time, but, um, I think in 20, in 2017, um, I, I don't, and I don't even know how I found the Butch Femme main group and it has like 23,000 members and it's run by Day Walker and his wife, Patricia. And, um, this is, I think, their 13th year running that site. So, you know, they're very well known in, in the community. And for the first year, um, like I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even know, and I know this is going to sound so dumb, that there was Butch Femme. But um, then come to find out all of, you know, all of the people who identify however they choose to identify and how wonderful it is to watch people embrace um, the varieties, the, um, you know, the variation of all the humans that we all are, you know, and that we all are all under one umbrella. So anyway, for the first year, I kind of just like, you know, was in the background, just, um, meeting getting to know some of these people but nobody ever had a clue who I was because I never I never posted anything I never really commented and then one day um Day Walker or his C. Day C. Day Burrow um said put up posted a link to anybody who was like an author or an artist and if we wanted to post anything under that link we could so I went ahead and I did, that was the first time I ever, um, you know, was like present in, on that site. And um, so then because of that, uh, some people started getting to know me. Then the, they were about to have their 10 year reunion or like a, it was, they called it a retreat. But anyway, um, Daywalker asked me if I would like to be a vendor for that event. And um, I said, no, I said, no, immediately I said, no. And then he said, okay, well, then would you like to donate some of your books? And I said, sure, that I will more than donate. And because um, book number, it's either book number two or number three, I think it's book number two has um, a little girl with who happens to be, by the way, all of my books have all of my grandkids as the little characters. So mm -hmm. anyway, there's a little teddy bear in the book. So what I did is that I started putting some of my books together with the little teddy bears to send 
for them to, you know, give away. Um, and as I was doing that, I started getting excited about the event. I decided I was going to go to the event, be a vendor. And I'm going to tell you right now that it was one of the best decisions that I ever, ever made. Okay. Because from a whole year of just watching people post. So, you know, their names, you know, their face, you know, from a picture, but to actually walk into an event and meet these people live in the flesh. And then it was, it was almost magical. Okay. There was no drama. Everybody laughed. It was two and a half days of laughter. It was two and a half days of hugs and, you know, meeting people, making friends and making friends for life. Um, and I am so glad that I went to that event. There were people who came from Germany. There were people who came from the UK. There were people who came from all across the United States. And we all gathered together for two and a half days. It was fantastic. Um, and ever since then, I've been you know, active on the website. And just this past May, they had another retreat. Um, I went to that too, drove up there to, oh, it's the Northern California area. And I offered to cook for all the people who had gathered. And again, uh, you know, it, it was one of the wow. most fantastic events ever. So th this is, but femme, do you identify as femme? Uh, yes. I don't particularly like labels. You know, to me, I am, first, I'm a woman. Followed by, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I'm a great-grandmother. I can be a partner, you know, I can be a wife, whatever you want to call me. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, I'm a retired teacher. I'm a published author. Um, but, you know, I just to make it easier for everybody else. Yes. Yes. I, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, so am I. Um, I came out in 78, but I came out as femme in 82. Oh, yeah. okay. My my current partner identified as Butch when we were first together, and we've been uh -huh. together for thirty years. But wow! Congratulations. Sam transitioned twenty years ago, um, so we're under that umbrella you're talking about. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And yes, and I am attracted to butch oh I'm, me too yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> nothing else nothing else <laughs> the yes. butcher the better <laughs> but you uh, know what but, but that to me see that's just the label i'm i'm attracted to the mental intelligence of course i am attracted to a sense of humor i am attracted to a heart you know i don't i don't like mean i don't like people who bully um I am attracted to self-confidence because I think if somebody is self-confident, um, they don't have to bully. They don't have to be mean. So that's what I'm attracted to. Well, so am I. But um, 
if all the wonderful qualities in the world were in a dress with lipstick, I want, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> oh, let's see. Okay. So have you ever in your life, as maybe even as a teacher and from, I don't know if you were in a union, um, have you ever been uh, involved in any kind of political uh, organization or um, online or in real life? Um, you know what? No, because simply because I did not have time. Not because you know what? I was, while I was a teacher for 30 years, I was also the assistant principal. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, my hands were, plus I was raising my own kids. Uh, my hands were full. My goal was that one day I would be a principal. Okay. And I did, I, you know what? I wrote goals down when I was 17 and accomplished everything on my list. So by the time I was 33, I had to write new goals. Okay. Establish new goals for myself. And one of my goals was to become the principal of the elementary school. And I was for two years, loved it, but um, I decided that I would rather work with children. Children follow directions much better. <laughs> and I just, I went back to the classroom and so I retired as a teacher. Um, and as a teacher, I ran like the school spelling bee, the school science fair. Um, I was on all kinds of teams and um, so you know what there wasn't really time for me to be political and now that I look back on it um, do I regret not being political I know I don't because I had such a full full life you know and um, and then like I tell you even after I retired I was working for that publishing company I was working you know I was writing my own books and then um somehow or the other one of my friends got me started on working with children with autism so then I had to go back to school to get my behavioral therapist credential and I ended up doing that for three years working with children with autism and I'm going to tell you that was like the best thing, one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Um, I don't know, children are such gifts that if you don't take the gift that a child gives you, you're, you're walking away missing out on a lot. I think children just have so much to offer. I would agree. And I was glad you said that about children with autism. Both of my grandchildren are on the spectrum. Um, my, my grandson is very high functioning. He makes very good grades. He's voted the most polite in his class. Um, but my granddaughter, I, I, she, she doesn't talk to me and it, it's heartbreaking. She doesn't really talk to anyone. Um, and with you know what? That's interesting that you say that because my oldest great grandchild, and he is five right now, um, he was born cutest little thing you've ever seen. Okay, but he doesn't talk, 
and he is on, you know, the, the autism spectrum. And you know what? I think that the misconception is that a lot of people don't realize how intelligent kids <laughs> with autism are. Absolutely. It's, you know, they're, one of the things that they, they have a, a bit of a problem with is, you know, the social, the social part that all of us take for granted. And that's how I work, you know, with the kids is their parents would let me take them out into the community and I would take them to the stores and to the mall and, you know, have them talk to people and look people in the eye. And, um, but people don't realize how, how, how intelligent and a child with autism is. That's true. It is the social part they have trouble with. And I, I know I've seen that. Um, my grandson is quite talented. He's, um, he's won awards for his art. And um, he's, he's, he, like I said, he has very good grades. And, but he, he has trouble making friends. And that's the social part, like you said. Yeah. Yes. Um, you well, know what? Give him a message for, him, for me. Tell him that he's that he is um, a gift to the earth and that one day he will have one friend, three friends, 10 friends, and it's okay. He'll, he's going to be terrific as a, as a grown-up. Oh, yeah. I fully believe that. His mother, I have to hand it to her. She, she is in education. She, she is a teaching assistant and uh, she has an associate degree in early childhood development. So she worked with him closely from day one because we knew there were problems. Um, he, he had medical problems at first, but he overcame those. And then we found out that there was this other thing. <laughs> but um, she has really, really done a good job. And good for her. Yeah, she really has. Um, well, um, is there anything, if there's a message that you, well, you did partially do, mention this earlier, but is, is there a message that you could send specifically to other younger lesbians? Um, what, what would you say? My message to anybody really, you know, because I've read where some, somebody will say, oh, I, I came out when I was 52. And you know what, it doesn't matter when you come out. I, I don't think that there's any rule that says, oh, you must come out at the age of nine or, you know, the age of 21. No, you, need, you come out when, when you are ready, when you feel the world is ready for you because you have something to offer the world. And remember that there is always some person that you might be able to help because you came out. And when you do come out, come out with so much pride and be bold and be loud about it. And most of all, embrace it and make sure that your message to everybody is that you're proud to embrace it. And that you have something to offer the world, um, that you're a valuable, valuable human being. And hope, and, ho and I hope you find the love of your life. 
<laughs> well, I I have I, I feel honored to have had you uh, to talk to us for a little while. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say? No. Um, aside from you know being being a lesbian and being proud and and trust me, you know I when I first came out to my mother and my father, um, they disowned me for eight months. They did not talk to me. They told me I was no longer welcome in their home, um, that my sisters and their husbands said I wasn't welcome in their home. As a matter of fact, they even told me I wasn't welcome in the whole town, you know, so they kind of barred me from the whole town. Um, and sometimes you're going to come across, you know, people who do that you have to continue being who you are. You cannot give away any of any part of who you are. You, you, that's how you were born. That's how you will go through life and you need to own it and not let anybody take anything away from you. You need to stand your ground. And that's exactly what I did with my mother and my father after the, you know, those eight months, um, I remember they started coming around, you know what? And I kept talking to them and my message was, I'm still your daughter. I'm still the exact same person that you have known this entire time. And, um, and that's the message, you know, that I gave my kids, my grandkids, because I want them to feel secure in who they are. And um, I remember that when I was in third grade, my, my teacher said to me, you are going to grow up and be nothing but a dumb Mexican. And at the time, I didn't know what, I knew what the word dumb meant, but I didn't know what a Mexican was. And I remember those words my whole life. And years later, I ran into that same teacher and I walked up to her and I said, oh, hi, you know, do you remember me? And she said, well, you still have the same face that you had back in third grade. And I remember you were in, she listed a whole bunch of the kids who were in that class. But she couldn't remember my name. Okay. So I said to her, well, I think after today, you're going to remember my name because you said to me that I was going to grow up and be nothing but a dumb Mexican. I said, let me tell you, I said, not only am I a teacher, but I have been teacher of the year. I, I published my own series of books. Um, I owned my own SEO company. I said, so I have done so much. And she, you know what? She started crying. She apologized. I stopped her and I said, no, no. And, and you know what? I am not advocating that teachers tell kids that they're dumb. Okay. That's not what I'm advocating. But because she said those words to me, those words fueled me to become who I was because I wasn't going to let anybody call me a dumb anything, okay? So one of the things that I tell my kids and my grandkids is that when somebody gives you negative feedback, use it as fuel to propel you through life to become successful and to own and to embrace who you are. Well, you know, you are certainly an inspiring woman. I'll say that. And uh, I, thank you, Beth. 
I want to thank you for spending time with us today and for being ta-da, the first Hispanic <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> And I bet you I'm the shortest one, and I bet you I'm the oldest one, too. No, you're not the oldest, <laughs> but you are the first Hispanic, and I, I'm, I'm proud. I would like to have more diversity on this podcast, but I can only go so far as I get volunteers. And so thank you for being here, and we'll say goodbye. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. And I'm, I'm so proud of you because you're doing such a great thing for, you know, those of us who are lesbian femmes, you know, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for having me and um, say hi to your grandson and your granddaughter. I will do that. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this segment of Lesbian Echoes. Be sure to check in with us next time as we bring the stories of lesbians' lives to you. Mm-hmm.